in a world. Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who said? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world. Hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so. Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight. Get it down, yeah. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously, you moron. We both do. Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker, and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia, as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast. Or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. Once again, the magic of the internet coming through for me. Tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do? Hey, buddy. Well, I'm Juan Mayer. I'm a videographer, a professional skydiver. Um, that's it. This is it- what I am. 
Yeah. That's exactly what you are. Uh, yeah. You're Batman, dude. You've got the coolest camera helmet ever with the visor that comes all the way down. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Was that, is that your design, by the way? Yeah, I copied some ideas from another cameraman, of course, like we always do. But mainly, yeah, it's something that I customize and I ask for it. So it took me a while to to do it, but it's something I really like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's especially when you're shooting video, it's so important to have a, a setup that you don't think about, right? It just it does exactly what you need and it works for you. So you got to get it dialed in. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, mainly something funny about my helmet as well. Uh, the visor is black because I'm uh, a little bit shy as well. You know, this is why I'm a photographer and a videographer. Right. And I don't like people seeing my eyes, you know, and uh, some, many times, depending on what I'm shooting, I'm getting nervous, of course, and a lot of stress. And I don't want them to see my face. Sure, you know? sure. so, uh, it's, it's keeping me in my, I know it's, it sounds funny, but it's, that black visor is keeping me in my own world when I yeah. do my job. So it's something in particular. This is what I did. It. No, I can completely understand. Yeah. I'm having problems sometimes with I'm shooting the sunset because it's, it's a little bit dark. <laughs> but, but it's okay. It's okay. Yes. But regarding my old setup, yeah, uh, this is what I need. This is what works for me. This is why I'm I'm no. Sometimes I'm seeing different cameramans with different setups, and I I never say, oh, this is this is not good or this is doesn't look good because it works for them, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure, for yeah. sure. So look, look, we're going to jump you all the way back to the beginning of how you got started, not necessarily just in skydiving, but in anything extreme. Like, where where did it begin for you? Uh, it was a long time ago, like a 23 years ago. Uh, I was in the Army, so I was looking for something excited. And a friend invited me to do a few jumps. At that time, it was a static line uh, with a reserve canopy in the front, and it was crazy. <laughs> so I did only four jumps. I got really scared, so I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a year ago, a year after, sorry, uh, the same friend invited me to do tandems. It was the first time for him as well doing tandems. So this is how I start. And it really got me into the completely different world. You know, I was a photographer before. And when I saw that in the sky, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. So you knew pretty much right away when you when you decided you wanted to be a skydiver that photography was the direction you were going to go? Uh, no, straight away. But as soon as I started skydiving, I, I saw uh, that, that kind of different world, you know, in the sky. Sure. And, and at the same time, I saw the Norman Kent uh, book. Of oh, Norman. yeah. So that that make, uh, definitely made my, my way to where I am now. Sure. Now it's yeah. funny. Uh, it's funny that you say you did static line and hated it, and and uh, it was just scary. I just talked to uh, Maxine Tate, uh, who said the exact same thing. She did static line and was like, "Fuck that! No way! <laughs> I don't need that shit." And then ended up doing a tandem many, many years later, and it was the same thing. Free fall was what what was the hook for her. Yes. Yes. Definitely. It was a really scary thing to do. <laughs> now, wh where was this first jump? In Argentina, in Buenos okay. Aires. Yeah. Nice. Now, yeah. was it only static line in that area, or were they just starting to introduce tandems? Uh, that was the only option, you know. There was only one guy doing tandems, but only for tourists on the beach. But nobody was allowed to do it as a course, you know. 
So the only option was a static line. So this is what I So I you went out and did that first tandem and then you decided you were going to take up the course? Uh, yes, yes. I did the, the tandem just thinking already to to because I was really scared, you know? Yeah. And I, I, in my mind was like, I, I really want to do it, but I was so scared at the same time. So I did the tandem. The tandem, I was still scared because my instructor at that time wasn't really good either <laughs> <laughs> so after four or five tandems i was an experienced guy that was traveling already to the u.s uh, he was a, a kind of aff instructor so he took me for a, a kind of aff course <laughs> so uh, luckily i started there and after 57 jumps i had the opportunity to fly to the u.s to dylan and it was a complete change, you know, change, sure. my, change everything. It was, I, I, I really discovered the, the real skydiving sport. Yeah. You know? Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. it sounds like, especially if it was kind of an AFF course, it would be kind of scary for 57 jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a way to, to get into what I, I really like it, you know, sure. I, still like it. I still love it. Well, that's the thing, right? Well, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because I was terrified learning how I like had a, a point on the highway where I could turn around without feeling guilty. Like if I got to that point and said, fuck this, I can't do it today, I could turn around and I could go home. But if I drove past that point, I had to go jump. Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was scared to death yeah. right up until you let go of the airplane and then it's all OK again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. weird, right? It is weird, but... Yeah. How can I, I don't understand how uh, letting go of the airplane airplane and potentially plummeting to your death can be more relaxing than driving to the airport, but it is. It is. It is. It's <laughs> hard to explain as well, you know. But yeah. So, is, yeah. what did the uh, what did the family think when you started uh, skydiving? Oh, they didn't know it. Really, you didn't tell them at all. No, 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 no. And I told my mom as well. I remember, it, and she didn't understand it. You know. Right. Was, are you are you jumping out of the planes? I say, I say yes, ma'am. <laughs> she was like, oh, please be careful. You know, she yeah, still yeah. didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and this was uh, uh, this was when you were still jumping in Argentina. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but I think that at that time there were no YouTube videos. There was no information at all. You know. Yeah. We're getting so, old, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've, we've been doing this shit for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so you get to Deland and it kind of all changes for you. What what was the spark? I mean, why why was Deland so different? Well, to see a drop zone, you know, people jumping uh, all day long and uh, uh, bigger planes and different canopies, you know, uh, everything. Everything was totally different. Sure. And it was hard for me because at that time I didn't speak any English. I'm still not speaking a good English, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I can communicate now. Uh, but it was hard for me, but it was I was looking everywhere, you know. Like, sure, uh, yeah. sure. Now, what were you going to do before skydiving? Like, was there a plan to be something different than a skydiver? Well, I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. I think at the time I found skydiving, I was looking for something, you know. Okay, all right. I remember myself having 29, 30 years. Uh, I was 30 years old, 29, uh, and I was looking for something, you know, like, a, you know, the time of your life, like you're looking for something and you don't know where to go. And Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, oh I definitely know. It's <laughs> it's it's funny because it seems the skydivers fall into two categories as far as I can see. There's the people that had a whole different life plan and had careers or education that was going to go a whole different direction. And then there's guys like you and me that were like, I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know a clue, and then skydiving came into our lives, and it kind of took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you get to the land, you start jumping there. How long was it before you started trying to work in the sport? Well, after Dylan, I went back to my country, and I didn't have uh, more money at all to jump. You know, right? So I was like, uh, now what? Because I got my own equipment and everything. You know. But I didn't realize I didn't have more money to pay for my jump tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I got my brand new equipment there and I, I couldn't jump. So uh, I asked for money. I borrowed money from a friend. I bought a Sony PC1, you know, the camera, the video camera. Yeah, I do. Because I saw many people in Dylan filming. Uh, I remember seeing Gas Wing as well, you know, in the plane. Yeah. Uh, I still have that picture in my mind. Mm. Uh, him standing up in the sky van with all his equipment and uh, that crazy helmet, you know. So I went back to Argentina and I didn't have enough money. So I borrowed that that money. I bought a camera and I started offering videos with 70 jumps. Wow. <laughs> and the people was like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Maybe next time, you know. And I still remember a friend filming a friend and with a tandem. I offered him to film a tandem. He, he was like, yeah, how many jumps do you have? And I say, well, 70. You know, like a, it was a lot. <laughs> and he was okay, come with me. And I was like, oh, shit. He said, yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I I remember him doing the race, say go, and letting me go, you know. Right. I was exiting alone. <laughs> ah. I was like, oh, why? Why he stay in the plane, you know? Like, uh, after he explained to me, I remember myself editing that video that I could get the plane in the frame. You know? <laughs> right. For me, it was good. So I started offering more videos, and I, I remember it was $25, the jump, and they started giving me $2, $3, $1, and it was good for me, you know? I was like, yeah. now I'm, I'm making some some money, you know, a little money. And after that, they started paying me for the, 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 for the jump, you know? And uh, I started traveling to places in South America, mm. and I started getting a little bit money here and there, and... Sure. Of course, I was paying for a lot of things, you know, but that's okay. of course. Well, you know, yeah. it's kind of it's kind of funny. You and I, I think, started for ourselves at the perfect time in the sport because I was like you. I started shooting video way uh -huh. too early, and if we were to become skydivers today, our careers would never happen because we wouldn't be able to fly camera so soon. I mean, it's true. I was yeah. shooting video, jumping a PD-190, and I used to have to bury the toggle to try and beat the tandem to the ground so I could get their landing because the tandems were almost <laughs> faster than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was too new in the sport to fly anything smaller than a 190. So yeah. I, for as much as I bitched that I wish I'd been around for GoPros, if I hadn't started when I did, I wouldn't have had a career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There were, well, at that time, there were no rules. There were no, not many obstacles right. you know like uh, that right now but sometimes i'm thinking uh 
that maybe it's too much, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. It's changed I, I a lot. It. I, I mean, it's changed so much, though. I mean, there were no coach ratings back then. There, there, you were first off. They were still tandem masters, yeah. Which, which I like better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was an instructor this or or a coach that, and there was certainly very little regulation on video. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was almost nothing. Almost. Even, even with the windshield, when I started flying windshield, the only thing available was the Scott Campos book, the guy from Arizona. Yeah. And there was nothing else online, you know, absolutely nothing. Right. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you want, I always say, you know, to the new guys, the beginners, I say, if you want something, you will get there, you know, because they, they are thinking, you know, oh, but I need a thousand of jumps to get there. Yeah, you will get there sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah, now, it just... it's a lot of regulations, but it's also easier because you have a lot of information everywhere. You know, you go into your computer or to your phone and you can get a lot of information there. Sure. Well, and also the difference is now there are so many amazing coaches and mentors yeah. uh, that there weren't for guys like you and me. I mean, yeah. I had friends that kind of helped me put a camera helmet together, but there was nobody to teach me how to fly wings. You know, nobody yeah. to teach you how to, to how to get the shot and be where you needed to be. You just had to yeah. go out and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. So but it was something, you know, it was a book of Norman Kent. Uh, when I saw it, that it blew my mind. You know, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he's he's as OG as they get. I mean, even the new yeah. kids coming up know who Norman Kent is. Yes. It, yeah. So. When when did you know video was it? I mean, obviously you got your start shooting video like a lot of us do, but a lot of guys, you know, like me, shoot video to make money and just keep going. But camera kind of became everything in your career. Uh, yes, it is everything. Uh, I, I I remember that there was so many moments, you know, but one in particular was when uh, I was I went to Paraguay to film a boogie. And after they invited me in Brazil, and uh, I met there Craig Girard, you know, I remember asking him the first year that I would love to film the Arizona Challenge. Or, and mm. he was like, yeah, okay, okay, no worries. And, and he was checking it. And after the second year, I asked again, you know. <laughs> and the third year, he said yes. So this was the, the takeoff, I could say, of my career as a videographer, you know. Mm. It was something very challenging. and Sure. But uh, going a little bit back on time, uh, I remember I was in the army, like I mentioned before, and I was having a really good money there and a good career and everything, but I wasn't really happy, you know? Mm. So when I started doing video and filming tandems as well in a small drop zone in Argentina, I took a year without salary to see if I could make more money. And uh, I couldn't, of course. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I was happier, you know? Yeah. So after a year, I quit. I said, no. I remember my boss in the army asking me, are you sure? Because this is for sure you had a really good money here. You know, right. said, I'm sorry, bro, but I'm, I'm leaving. And I found something I really like. Sure. Well, it's um, I think a lot of Scott Evers figure out very early on in their careers uh, where the importance of money really lies. Money is for jump tickets and gear and cameras and for the bonfire and the case of beer that you owed for this or that. But just money for the sake of money doesn't mean anything if you're not happy. No, no of course not. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. 
most sky most of the people that dove headfirst into skydiving that had money figured out quite quickly that money is just a means to an end it's not the end well sometimes i was i was lucky to to have it very clear at that time you know mm. i understand people sometimes they 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 they, they can't take that risk or because they have families or different obligations, you know. I was lucky at the time to be alone and sure make everything easier for me. But I think I there's also everything. there's also uh, people that end up getting into it thinking that you can make more money, you know, that you can because they see people that become quite successful in the sport but don't realize how much of a grind they had to put in, you know, but you had to sit down and make the conscious decision. All right. I'm giving up a good job and I'm intentionally going where I know I can't make anywhere near as much money, but I love it. You know, you had to sit down and go, all right, shit, I'm going to pull the trigger. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And That's I, good. And I, did, I, did, I was, it was okay. You know, but sometimes it doesn't work, but for me, uh, it was it wasn't easy like you say you know sometimes people is, is thinking oh maybe Juan Mayer or, or anyone else in the sport is making a lot of money we are not you know right not. <laughs> sometimes we are struggling asking for for a lunch in the in the boogie you know but uh, yeah that's that's really no no I mean really matter you know it's okay. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, well, what other group of people do you know get to travel the world and do the amazing shit that uh, a skydiver at your level does, money or not? I mean, holy shit, the experience that you have, people pay 10 times as much, you know, yeah. to get uh, while they're living a miserable life in a job they don't like. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you, know, it's true you know, but it's a choice. You know, at the end, I respect if someone is not taking the risk or doing a different yeah, different life, but this is what I love, and this is what I'm doing, and I will keep taking a risk, you know. <laughs> sure. So yeah. now you you've worked all over the world. I know that you said uh, you ended up in you started into land jumping, and then you ended up working in Arizona. What did the family think of you taking off from Argentina? And I mean, you've been gone a long time now. Well, they, they at the end, I think they understood that I was happy, you know, doing it. Yeah. This is the, the, the main thing. Even my daughter sometimes is is, take, is telling me, you know, oh, be careful, be careful, daddy, what are you doing? And I, I of course, I listen to that, you know. <laughs> there are some crazy shit I'm not doing anymore because of her, you know, but. Sure. Yeah, no, they changed the whole game. The, yeah, the kids yeah. changed the whole damn game. Oh, for sure, man, yeah. That's how I, I became a father when I was very, very new in skydiving. And the idea of base jumping was attractive right up until she was born. And then it was no longer an option. Oh, it was the same for me. Exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instantly, I'm like, no, no, my daughter deserves to, you know, have her dad, you know, see her graduate and get married and do all this stuff. I'm like, nah, you know, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. It's, that, that definitely is, is too risky, you know, for me. But for me, well, for me too. I mean, and you and I have a lot of friends that are obviously at the very peak of the sport of base jumping and, and amazing at it. Um, and I am wholeheartedly supportive of their choices to do that. I just is a, a, a bridge too far for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. So so you worked in, in Arizona and then what came next? Well, I, I was there just for uh, the event, and I started traveling everywhere. Uh, basically, the luckily the people start liking what I was doing, and they start calling me from everywhere, and uh, it was good, really, really good. 
Nice. But many times like I, I was like uh, without money, you know. <laughs> what am I doing, bro? Right. <laughs> you know? And uh, I called my boss a couple of times from the army. I called him back and said, well, it's my position still there. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just checking. But yeah, I started traveling around the world. And uh, yeah, after was Dubai and many other projects everywhere. I was jumping in places like I never imagined. I Sure. I was going to jump, you know? And, well, I mean, Dubai is where you and I met. And, and we got to do a lot of really cool projects together. A lot, um, a lot. Yeah. which I, I can't even begin to list some of the shit that we got to do there. Dubai was a unique experience. That place, especially when you and I were there, was just going off with crazy special projects. Well, everything was happening there, you know? Everything. <laughs> Luckily, we were there. We were there to enjoy all that stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. It was funny because I was actually putting together a little uh, intro vid for when I air this episode. And it's when I was flying the Sherpa and I did the high speed pass for you. <laughs> yeah. I still remember that plane shaking, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You're like, hey, I want a high speed pass. How fast can you go? And I'm like, shit, we can go 160. You're like, let's, let's not do 160. <laughs> How about 140? <laughs> And the Sherpa, you know, what's a weird plane. But... Yeah, it's a very strange plane, especially, strange. and it's big enough, though, that uh, when I shot the video of you, you're the only one in the plane, you know, doing the duck walk back to the door. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's funny because when you exit, you go down and you disappear below the uh, the door of the aircraft and then just shoot up out of frame. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah everything was... was happening there, you know. I still remember asking for a different color of helicopter, you know, like doing a jump with Olaf with his yellow suit and uh, they they send a gray helicopter. I say, I'm, I'm sorry, but we need the other one. <laughs> well, it was only in Dubai, you know. Right, yeah, yeah only in Dubai can you order the <laughs> color cool. helicopter you want. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was really cool. For me as a photographer, it was, man, it was a, like a dream, you know. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the there was... Where I could do anything I wanted literally anything you could come up with you could daydream whatever and chances are they'd make it happen i mean yeah. not to mention you're jumping with rock stars from every generation right i mean uh everyone from noah to olav to omar and all these amazing people that uh, were at the beginning and and the cutting edge uh -huh. you know i mean it was just great yeah it was like a dream Definitely. what do you think your favorite project out there was oh it's a difficult question <laughs> right there were so many, but uh, one of the more challenging was the, the the Guinness record from the balloon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one was really, really cool, but challenging at the same time because I was the only one doing the video, and we need to get the, all these people getting out of the, the balloon in three seconds, maximum three seconds. So, right. Uh, but luckily, we, we did a really good teamwork, and... We got it, but I, I still remember myself hanging out of the basket and I was like, shit. <laughs> right, right. Well, so how did that work? Did you just leave first and everyone followed you within three seconds? Uh, no, we exit at the same time, but I need to get the, if someone was getting out of the frame, even one person, it was, uh, it's no Guinness World Record. So right. we need to get out of the balloon in maximum in three seconds. <laughs> So it was really hard for me to figure out when to exit, you know, and, and also explain to the people, to all the funny skydivers, you know, the 
please, we need to do a really good teamwork and exit all at the same time. Otherwise, sure. it's not going to happen. You know. Sure. Now, how many people did that end up being? I don't remember. It was uh, 25 at that time. 25 people in yeah, one they, balloon. They released 10 first, 10 base jumpers. Then we kept going up and uh, 7,000 feet, around 7,000. It was 25 people, I think. And a few people stay in the basket as well to get some weight for the balloon. But, <laughs> so he didn't end up in outer space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember Raul and Alan and Sandrine and all all these friends staying in the balloon, you know, there. But they felt it, you know, as soon as they, we exit, they felt like going up. Oh, I, I bet they did. Uh, one of the but there were many, many different projects there that were really cool you know yeah 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 we got to do so many i got to fly so many of them i can't even remember uh some of the most of the projects that we flew actually the the one that i remember the most is because it was the most recent one and that was the big sky trash jump oh yeah man. And, and that the, was amazing man. oh yeah. the best part about that was after the fact when i met you and everybody at the bar and you look me in the eyes really sincerely and you're like are you sure I can post this picture? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, yeah, man. Brother, I remember because the main thing of that was getting you in the job, in the shot. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Playing passing. And I knew because I know you, I know your, your skills that you was going to pass very close to the formation. <laughs> <laughs> I was wasting, waiting on the left side in free fall. Yeah. Waiting for the plane coming. I was like, oh, man, where is him? Where is him? And I still remember to hear the plane coming. I was like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> not right, man, if I can hear the plane coming. <laughs> it was super cool, man. Yeah, cool. I remember um, the, visual for, the visual for me was fantastic because by then, of course, the formation had been together for quite some time. I spotted the smoke yes. from Nick and Matt. And I came around the corner and went, all right, cool, I got him. And then I was able to line it up perfect because I knew where you were and I knew where I needed to be to yeah, get yeah, right yeah. in the shot. Oh, it was so much yeah. fun. That was super cool. Man. Yeah. How many wingsuiters were on that? Oof. 20-something uh, or around 20. Yeah, yeah, it was a big was formation. A yeah. 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 Oh, that was so that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so many friends there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Now you've you've done a couple of really cool projects uh, um, outside of there as well. You were doing a lot of jumping in Egypt, no? A lot, yeah. Actually, the last five months I was there uh, shooting for the Skadi Faros. It's a new drop zone. Uh, they are planning to open there. Nice. And uh, yeah, we have. I've been there like a, twenty times already. Yeah. Was well, you were fun. you were with some of the first expeditions jumping the pyramids, yeah. Well, the the first one was the accuracy competition. Mm. Like I remember one of the guys in the desert telling me, that, oh, I'm going to jump at the pyramids. He was going to jump at the pyramids. I was like, really? Is it allowed? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started sending emails already, emails already you know. But it's an sure. accuracy competition. I was like, I don't care, bro, if I'm doing only one jump. So I went there. And yeah, I remember that this first event, it was a security guy in the helicopter, no allowing people to jump with cameras, you know? <laughs> so I was with my full setup cover in the helicopter and just a second before putting the helmet on and the guy running to the ramp. I said, no, no, it's not allowed. And getting out, you know? 
and changing memory cards when I land, and then oh, it was crazy. You Even got... Jared, Jared was there, you know. Oh, that's right. Jared Martin was uh, uh, yeah. he was competing. So I was I told him, bro, sit very close to the ramp because when I show him my helmets with all the cameras, we need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. It was only five thousand feet, but it was enough for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Well, I, I mean, never imagined that after that, I would be going there like a, almost every year, you know. Well, and that the the pictures and video that are coming out of that are absolutely iconic in what's happening, you know, over the last four or five years. I mean, yeah, some yeah. of the most amazing shots that I've seen you put up uh, have the pyramids in the background. I mean, come on. Oh, this is incredible. The, the, the feeling... Even flying under canopy, I was always telling people like a pull high and uh, enjoy the view because it's something really incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now yeah. speaking of speaking of uh, your camera equipment, um, I obviously have I've gone through a couple of surgeries now to recover from years and years of abuse, starting with the old high eight cameras and the PC ones. How does how is your neck holding up? How are you physically finding shooting video all these years? Is it is it taking its effect? Ah uh, yeah yeah. Well, I got a lot of damage <laughs> in my neck, you know. Of course, <laughs> I'm still okay, and I'm taking care of myself, doing different exercises and different kind of uh, body position in the opening, you know, and uh, now I start jumping the the crossfire canopy. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's completely changed my, my, my life, you know, regarding openings. Sure. Very slow openings and really, really cool. Awesome. But of course I had the, like the last time I met the doctor, doctor, she was like a sport doctor, a physiotherapist. And she told me that my neck was really bad. But if I could see a rugby player, it would be even worse, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she was yeah. like, okay, this is the price you have to pay for what you do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt. You know, it's kind of so funny because I've talked to people who are like, oh, man, all all the, the stuff that you've gone through and the surgeries and everything, you must regret it. And I'm like, no, this is just the, the check coming due for all the stuff that I've done. I'm like, this yeah. is not... A, a surprise to me it sucks but it's not yeah. a particular surprise of course we were doing a different kind of stuff if we were knowing before you know but yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah i mean i remember younger, yeah. i remember seeing the pictures of norman kent with the neck brace and his massive camera helmet and i remember looking at the neck brace going well, that's just stupid and of course now all i can think <laughs> is fuck i wish i'd have worn a neck brace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The uh, the the camera flyers coming up now over the last ten years have no idea how lucky they are with GoPros. Oh, super lucky! Oh man, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Good. It's good for them, you know. I'm happy for them. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a it's a bit of a bummer when your doctor's like, "Yeah, you just shouldn't turn your head anymore." <laughs> yeah. uh, if you go into a normal doctor as well, it's, no, you cannot jump anymore. Your life is okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Isn't yeah, that yeah. funny? As soon as we hear that from a, a so-called normal doctor, we go, "All right, I got to find a different doctor." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no, <laughs> there's no. I'm, I'm finally now. I've recovered enough. I think where I'll be able to start jumping again, and I'm psyched to be able to go out and jump out of airplanes. Yeah, that's cool. Man. Yeah. yeah, just not with cameras on my head anymore. 
No, that's okay. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> yeah. So you put together a book, dude. How did that come about? Well, I I, I was in Dubai, you know, and uh, I, I started organizing my pictures and I saw many pictures that I took when uh, it wasn't still a digital cameras. So um, my thinking, I was like, uh, well, this this photo had to be somewhere, you know. I had to put the, the picture somewhere to be there forever. Sure. For me and also for my daughter, you know, when uh, when she's growing up, it will be nice for her to have a, a book, you know. Sure. So I start working on it, and I was like, okay, it will be not difficult to do it. And I start working, and it took me two years to do it. it was, <laughs> man. <laughs> When I finished, I was like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. I'm working a new one already. Of course you are. But it was really cool. At least I know now there's all my old pictures are in a, in, in a book, you know, which is really good. So Yeah. I uh, I wish that I had uh, uh, done something like that in regard to all the, the video that I have. I have hundreds of tapes that are now either probably too old to actually get the information off of, or I, I wish yeah. that I had kept up with, you know, digitizing them. And so that I had a permanent record, because I have a feeling a lot of that stuff that I did, the early stuff is going to be lost forever, which sucks. It is, but yeah, it's difficult. I still had a lot of mini DV tapes as well, you know, like, a, I yeah, know there, but somewhere in Argentina, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought a converter and I bought cameras to try and see if I can get stuff. But I've also talked to people that are like, yeah, I had tapes that were half as old as that and they were all gone, just uh, wiped out. So we'll see. We'll see. But this is why I, why I did it, you know. Uh, once again, uh, people think I, I, I made money with that, but I know I lost a lot of money. <laughs> I'm still happy, you know, because when I started, I was like, okay, now I am in Dubai and kind of, People know me, so they will support my project. And I start looking for sponsors. I got only maybe 15, 20% of the value that I pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Office, you know? Uh, but it's, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's. I hate to say it, but uh, skydiving is, again, one of those sports where everybody is, you know, hand to mouth and, and it's paycheck to paycheck. And so it's pretty mm -hmm. tough to kick that extra money down. Yeah, yeah. It's but certainly... I, I will say that it's two, two ways to... Be a skydiver if you really like it, or you are rich, which is not my case, <laughs> right? Or, or you work as a skydiver, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I Otherwise, think that that really is it. And again, we were we were both lucky enough to work a long time in Dubai, which was all started by someone with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to put together a, a hell of an operation and uh, um, and allow. Uh, the operation to do some really cool things. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think the real world of skydiving is not quite as fancy. No, not really. But if, if, <clears throat> if you really like something, if you really love something, you find a way. Man. Oh so yeah. You find a way. It won't be easier. It won't be easy, you know, but you find a way. Sure. If you really want it, you know? So now what, uh, what big projects do you have coming up? I have a couple of two that I cannot mention much about it. It's a personal project, you know, okay. uh, that I, I really want to do. But now I'm helping the Skadai Faros as well to start the the new drop zone. Uh, and I had different kind of ideas as well, you know. I'm trying to always to uh, get myself motivated, even if there are no 
specific specific projects. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm going there. Before I was planning a lot of a lot of things ahead, you know, and now I'm living like the way that day by day. Sure. Now whatever happened tomorrow, we'll see. Well, I think uh COVID kind of did that for a lot of us, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody shifted uh, gears in COVID. COVID is when I kind of decided, all right, it's time to step back from flying full time and and kind of take it a bit more day by day. And yeah, yeah. And it's 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 personally is is I can feel that I'm showing more now because before I was thinking a lot of projects, even in Dubai, you know, okay, in, in the months we happen this project and we had a competition the next week and. I, and I wasn't really enjoying the the present, you know. Sure, I was super happy, but now I'm like a more more chill uh, and still doing good good stuff that makes me happy. But enjoying more the day by day. Sure, you know. And I can I can see that now I'm not planning anything ahead, and I'm still going, you know. The, the things still happening and. Uh, it's more relaxed, you know, like a... shit one. We're slowing down, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's catching up man. it's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, every day it's a little bit harder to get out of bed, but once you make it out of bed, you're like, yes. All yes. right. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> so, Hey, what kind of advice do you have for uh, newer camera flyers that are just starting to figure things out? What kind of tips and tricks and, and uh, what should they be thinking about as they start their career flying camera? Well, I'm, I'm not really good at it, you know, because I don't like to be in the position. Oh, this is what you have to do. But uh, what I could say is like uh, to talk with everyone, you know, when you are at your drop zone, uh, talk with experienced people, with the beginners, with everyone and, and ask for advice. You know, now we had everything. We had everything online. We had mm. a lot of people at the drop zone with a lot of experience or no experience, you know, just talk with the people. And like I said before, if you really like something, just go for it. Go sure. For it. sure. No matter how, you know, like uh, I did a lot of seminars for beginners and sometimes, man, I, I saw so many good ideas that I was putting into my helmet, you know, that from beginners, you know, that they came up with ideas with, I was, oh, man, super cool. And you can really see when you're doing these kind of seminars, who is really going for it, who's really passionate to do it, and who is just doing it just to see, you know, what, sure. what it is about. Sure. So, yeah, my... my uh, I don't know my my tips or recommendation. I don't know how to call it. It's just like, go for it, and and of course everybody had my contacts and everything online. Whatever you need, uh, just send me a message. You know, sometimes it's taking a while to answer. Sure, I'm trying to answer all the the questions. You know, and even if you think it's a stupid question, just send it. It's nothing stupid. You know, nah, no such thing as a stupid question. No. And no. you're right. The ideas that come out of the the newer guys. <laughs> I think can be groundbreaking just because they don't know they're not supposed to do that shit. Right. <laughs> they're, they're trying shit that the, uh, the establishment has decided won't work or never thought of. So, and we're so used to, this is how you set up a camera. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Yeah. And we kind of stopped thinking outside the box because we found a way that works, but it's not uh -huh. necessarily the only way. It's true. Huh? Yeah. It's no, it's never the only way, you know. Never. Yeah. Of course, I had to say like, be safe, 
be careful what you do and but sometimes you got to go for it and sure you know uh, it's, it's difficult it's risky to do cameras for your body for the other people but uh, when you you're getting what they want what you want is making you very happy yeah yeah, I mean, if, if I had to give uh, any advice to upcoming camera flyers, it would be stretch and consider a neck brace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for, of course, when you're younger, you're not listening that part much. Of course not. Yeah. Oh, man, that's my probably my biggest regret in life is that I didn't yeah. learn to stretch younger because now, oh. <laughs> So look, how do, how do people get a hold of your book? How do they find you on social media? How do they find your Instagram and check out all the amazing images that you shoot? How do they find uh, out about the Pharaohs? Well, my Instagram is Juan Mayer photo and you can have all my details now. Uh, or Juanmayer.com is my website. And uh, whenever you, whatever you need, just send me a message. If you need a copy of my book, of course, you can send me an email or a message on Instagram and I can ship it to you anywhere around the world. Awesome. The, the book is in uh, three languages. It's Spanish, Arab, uh, English, and Arabic as well. So there's a lot of text as well of my... my a lot of stories. And a few tips as well, you know. Nice. In photography, right? But yeah. Now, when uh, when you put this, uh, this new book that you're uh, going to start working on, is that going to be available on the website and such too? It is available on the website. Awesome. I'm not, I'm not really good at it. You know, I have to do a lot of work because I'm doing everything by myself. Sure. Uh, but if, if you really want the book, you, you will get it. Yeah, it's Fantastic. Me a message and, and uh, you will get it. And well, I, I will repeat it like, a, please, if you had any questions or any, remember, we are the ones showing the sport to the rest of the world. So ask questions, ask questions and give me ideas as well, because I'm always waiting for new ideas. If Absolutely. Something that you cannot shoot because you are not uh, very experienced. If you have any idea, just let me know and I will try to do it. And of course, I will credit the person who whose idea. Of course. <laughs> of course. See, that's yeah. that's the most awesome thing about the sport is uh, uh, people want to stoke the fires and get other people interested. And it's it's for nothing other than the love of the sport, which is fantastic. Yeah. 100%. One. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I cannot thank you for taking the time to sit down with me today. I know you're uh, in Denmark with your daughter, so I appreciate her letting you come uh, come to the show <laughs> with me. Yeah. No, man, thank you so much because uh, normally people is not doing this kind of stuff. You know, it's not talking with the cameraman, so not showing the real part of the sport. That this sure. is the real part of the sport. We can do a lot of cool stuff, but this is the main thing of the sport, you know, having friends or, or sharing things. Remember, yeah, yeah. share everything you know no it's no secret no 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 it's it's definitely a community thing and uh, you and i worked together for a long time so it's great yeah. to still be able to keep in contact yeah thank you brother i really really appreciate it yeah, yeah. man no no it, believe me it's been my pleasure no, man. see ya okay, brother. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. 
by Pussfoot. That's right, head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com, Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com, check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to youtube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around. Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. 10 hours and 10 years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. Enjoy.